Are you telling me? Are you telling me that after mentioning that this poor son of a bitch got killed and and it looks like it was poison yeah. from a snake bite? Are you telling me that at this point a giant snake shows up? That's what I'm telling you. Book of the year. You're listening to Pixel It because the only thing better than playing a video game is reading about one. On today's episode, we delve further into the world of S.D. Perry's Resident Evil, The Umbrella Conspiracy. As a content warning, this episode will contain spoilers, as well as discussion of gore and coarse language. And now, on with the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel Lit. I'm Kevin, and with me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And Phil is uh, feeling the effects of he just got his second uh, COVID shot, so he's he's going to be a little 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 fluey feeling tonight he said i don't i don't feel so good but uh <laughs> i'm alive damn it I'm, a, I'm alive and nothing no you can't kill me with a little needle you can just you make me feel vaguely miserable no you and you're you're not gonna kill him with covid either so if no, you were not anymore uh, if you were planning on on sneaking it into his uh the cured meats that he consumes yep. Uh, Too late, and- motherfuckers! <laughs> That's all. You can't beat me. No. Um, so no. we're we're continuing no. on with Resident Evil: The Umbrella Chronicles. Chronicles? Conspiracy. Conspiracy. I think Umbrella Chronicles was actually, be- <laughs> was actually something no. else. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah, is that that? Uh, it's a and comic is- book, isn't it? It's either a comic book or a, one of those side games. I don't know. I feel like there's Umbrella Chron. Oh, no, there's Umbrella Academy. Is that what you're thinking of? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And uh, we're we're going to just move uh, move along to chapter 12 of of Resident Evil. We start with Jill. What is she doing in this chapter? It's been so long since she's, I read chapter 12. <laughs> she's kind of she's searching through the rooms, you know, uh, like you do for more puzzle pieces. Like you do, I, I think you, you find the ammo and whatnot. She found some more right, shotgun right. shells. No red herbs, nothing like that. But but yeah, <laughs> they don't they don't do the herb thing in this book. You know they? what? I was actually surprised. I was I was um, I got to the end and I was I was like, they didn't actually ever reference the herbs, and I am no. uh, I'm moderately disappointed in that see I, i'm moderately approving you approve that they didn't they didn't try to yeah, that she didn't try yeah. to force the herbs into it right there there were enough easter eggs we didn't have to we didn't have to do anymore it's fine it's fine <laughs> but uh i do think it's funny i think this chapter almost immediately basically jill points out uh in her own head in her internal monologue if you will that by her estimation, she thinks there's about two months worth of dust on everything in this sitting room that she's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she figures out that that kind of coincides with when the attacks started. So right. basically, she's like, OK, two months ago, these attacks started. And no one's been in this room for two months. Now, here's the thing. I am a guy. I do not dust. Right. Uh, I've, I have I live in a new place uh, uh, with my fiance. Now we moved in uh, in it right, right, right after New Year's. So we've been here a handful of months, you know, yep. definitely more than two. And I haven't dusted anything. And right. maybe 
maybe it's just Jill's sense of you should definitely dust you sleazy scumbag. I'm, I'm looking around and I, two months worth of dust doesn't sound like much to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually, that's a good point. I don't know how, if there is like, is that a, an, like an imperial measurement, like a right. month of dust and right. by, by any, any learned person could eyeball something and say that is clearly two months of dust. Hmm. There appears to be three and a half months worth of dust here. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that coincides with that. Yeah. That yeah. no. coincides with the, and the girls were attacked. I, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know why I drew the line at that. Like <laughs> it's like it's like zombies. Sure, mm-hmm. somebody being able to eyeball two months worth worth of dust. That's pushing. That's it. just In that's fact, pushing it. I don't it care might, if your stars or not. It might sound far fetched, as Jill says. Then in in that thought to herself, something that transformed them into flesh eating ghouls. That's a bit far fetched. And I think it's funny <laughs> that like we have different characters at different levels of acceptance now. So like yeah. Chris, Chris and Rebecca are like, yes, it's zombies. It's like zombies, yeah. like the fucking movie. And then Jill is like, no, nah, I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Jill's zombie agnostic, you know, like she's she's to the side, like she's, the, you know, uh, Chris and, and Rebecca are like zombie Presbyterians and, and she's like a <laughs> zombie. I sleep in on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. She she uh, she goes to brunch. Yeah, exactly. And and that's really the better thing to do anyway. So, uh, because then you can drink while you eat breakfast. It's pretty good. Of course. Uh, yeah. Now, I do think it was interesting. She she crushes one of the one of the zombies heads. And while she does this, she kind of ruminates on the idea that zombies, that the zombies are victims yes. of this whole thing, which is um, in, it's in, it's something that has never actually been posited really in in resident evil like nobody's said that outright so i actually kind of like the fact that she does but it's almost like this um in my head i almost think of it as like um oh what's the guy uh who directed royal tenenbaums um oh wes anderson yeah it's like a wes anderson moment of like of just like a perfectly symmetrical shot of her in the center of the frame just like crushing a zombie head under her boot while her voiceover is 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 debating the the victimhood of the zombies right right yeah it's 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 exactly what it is you know and it's and, and you gotta say it's interesting because usually in zombie entertainment uh that's a weird word to say out loud but in zombie entertainment generally the connection people get to that idea comes from a personal one like right. you know, oh no my my best friend's a zombie my mom's a zombie oops my kid's a zombie and she's able to get there uh, in a super generalistic sort of way. So, right. Uh, you know, that I, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. You don't yeah. hear that very often. Yeah, I, I had that. I had that highlighted as well. I was like, this is an interesting little little passage here. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think I think Perry basically had to have her thinking thoughts like these, because, you know, when it comes down to it, with if you're making a novelization of a Resident Evil game, you really need a lot of internal monologue because yes. a lot of it is just it's like quiet, 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 run, 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 boss. Yes. You know, and it just that's, you know, and, and much like the game, the, the the chapters are kind of following a pattern here now. Right. You know, we're in a room. We find we, we kill a zombie. We find a puzzle piece. Sometimes one happens before the other. And uh, and we have a lot of deep thought. 
uh, or discussion. Of, if a we're lot of somebody. rumination. Yeah. So yep. uh, what I really liked was the moment in which <laughs> she solves a puzzle just by breaking the puzzle. Um, right. And, <laughs> right. And, and it was like, like nice this touch. Is, this is a nice touch because like. Yeah. It would, that's like, okay, that's how somebody would actually do it. You know, at, at, right. at a certain point, they wouldn't just sit there and try to play the games. They would right. like be like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to break it. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. I like puzzles. And and even that moment, I'm like, I'm being chased by zombies. How do I snap this thing in half? Right. The fastest. That's got to <laughs> take less time. And it'll make me feel better, you know? So she just, so basically uh, Jill walks into a room. There's a, there's a puzzle where she has to press a button, but it's clear that if she presses the button, like, I don't know, the room is going to fill with gas or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So instead of, instead of basically solving the puzzle, uh, she takes a gun and she just cracks, (laughs) she just cracks the glass case open. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Jill, all our time is valuable. I, I, I'm with you, sister. That's fine. And then she thinks to herself, she smiled back at it, pleased with her solution. Apparently, some of the house's tricks could be worked around, provided she ignored a few rules of fair play. Which, quite honestly, I mean, I would like that if Resident Evil yeah. occasionally let me just ignore the <laughs> the rules. If there were alternate options, you know, yeah. like like you could figure it out. Now, I'm not saying that they have to make breaking it easy. But right. like, you know, give it give it some gameplay. That'd be fun. Because who among us who have played Resident Evil haven't wanted to just break a damn puzzle in half and go, all right, just give me the candy, damn it. Give me the candy. Exactly. And you know what it, 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 it kind of reminds me of is and and this would possibly be too much work for developing a Resident Evil game, but it reminds me of Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Oh, what a good game. Um, such a good game. Do you and do you remember how there's three different paths to play within the game? I only ever pl- I I don't think I ever knew that until I was older. So there you can play it as puzzle solving. You could play mm-hmm. it as uh Indy is just kind of punching his way through or you could play right. through it uh using teamwork and basically you would you for most puzzles you would control two characters Indiana and I believe it was Sophia Hapgood was like the yeah. uh the femme fatale for to to Indy in in that game. Yeah, it it's really fascinating and it it allows you those three different ways to attack a given situation. Now Resident Evil it's usually like Okay, there's just that one way where it wants you to solve the puzzle. It would be interesting if there were more options, but it's sort of like the book presents. But I digress. Um, now I'm so, thinking. Of, now I'm thinking of Indiana Jones, Quest yeah, for Atlantis. It, it, it is a solid game. So we do a scene change, and now we're with uh, Rebecca and Chris, and they have found the mutilated body of Richard Aiken. And it's very sad. Very sad. We, we. I can't emphasize enough how sad it is, you guys. We knew Richard so well. I want to say it depended on who you found Richard with. Um, you had a chance to like save him momentarily. Um, oh, okay. In the original, uh, I believe if you were Chris and you had Rebecca as your partner, you could create an antidote to like keep him alive a little bit longer. I might be. Oh, mis- no, I might cool. be misremembering that. But then in the remake, there actually was a way where you could save Richard and patch him up and he's like up and at him and he's like, okay, he's another dude in the house now until later 
he he dies no matter what. Richard is not. He, I was about to say, like, he, you Richard's can't tell not, me that he makes it. He is not one of the survivors. So no, it's a fixed no. point in time that he dies. It's just how he dies. Can, he's going. Can, he's going one way or the other. Is gonna yeah. So um, but in the book, obviously, it's basically he's dead. You know, they did they. Uh, S. D. Perry was like, you know what? We don't need we don't need to spend any time with this guy. We got enough, man. They find him dead. The fact that the fact that he's it's sad is good enough for me. Yeah. And uh, now this is an interesting one, though, because they found a lot of bodies of these the Bravos. You know, they they found a lot of bodies. This is the first one that uh, uh, Rebecca points out that he appears to have been poisoned like a snake bite or something. Right. Because then somewhere a foreshadowing angel gets its wings. Exactly. So the <laughs> a foreshadowing angel gets its wings um, because yes. the the wounds that he had would not have been enough to kill him. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that wasn't enough. And and then they do the most plausible thing, the most obvious thing. They split up. They split up. They they split up because, you know, that's what they're trained for. Rebecca has a gun now. And she's a star. Oh, well, in that case, it doesn't matter that this is her first mission. By the way, I think it's really fascinating how you kind of like reconcile Rebecca in this in this book and the original version of Resident Evil with the Rebecca from the remake, because eventually she's like there's Resident Evil Zero. There's an entire game dedicated to her as a playable character. Um, oh, so, nice. I so, didn't know that. I never, so but, Resident Evil Zero is set right before the events of uh, Resident Evil 1, and it's Rebecca having been separated from the the beta team. <laughs> <laughs> the betas. The betas. Um, and thank God, too, because she doesn't uh, want to be surrounded by a bunch of cucks. Uh, f- fighting her way to the mansion. in Within the game universe, she's a lot more experienced uh, with dealing with the zombies than even, like, Chris and Jill are at this point because she already had to deal uh, with it once. She's um, had her whole adventure. She had a whole her whole adventure already. Another tangent. Richard's Please. dead. Richard. <laughs> Richard. Poor Richard. Poor Richard. My, I highlighted something where Chris Chris thought Rebecca was turning out to be more useful than he could have possibly imagined. Hands. <laughs> Let's see your hands, Chris. <laughs> well, what I'm thinking is like. God, what an arrogant motherfucker. <laughs> he is, yeah. It's like, I know you're a highly trained, you know, chemist and soldier and fighter and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. But you really have come in handy. Thank goodness. Thank you goodness. You're cutie. not. You're not useless. <laughs> right. You just imagine here's a little condescending pat on the head. Good job. Proud of you. So, yeah, they split up and Chris goes into the little attic room. And uh, my favorite line of this whole thing is, oh, shit, that's a snake. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait a minute. Kevin, Kevin, are you telling me, are you telling me that after mentioning that this poor son of a bitch got killed and and it looks like it was poison from a snake bite, are you telling me? That at this point, a giant snake shows up. That's what I'm telling you. And book Chris of the year. Re- <laughs> Just, I don't even need to know what other books came out in 1996. Was it 96? 90, yes. 98 I, was the book. 98? Damn yeah. it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, 98. I, I need to know even less then. 
book of the year. Book of the year. Magnificent. Um, so foreshadowing paid off immediately. I don't even know if Chekhov could have foreseen that efficient use of his uh, so-called gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it was I was uh, here. I, I want to read a little because uh, here's the thing. I again, I think that she does a really good job. The author does a really good job with describing the monsters and the gribbly bits and all that shit. So I, I, I like this part. And a dark cylinder shot out of the opening lightning fast. It was as big around as a dinner plate and it hit the wall inches from his right leg. Wood crunching from the impact. And that's where he says, holy shit, that's a snake. All capital letters. <laughs> All capital letters. I like that. Uh, in real time, I have to wonder how long this this fight sequence took place. How long it took. Yeah, it's took place. I, yeah. I like to I, w- I would say I imagine it in like uh, like D&D turns uh, where like each turn is considered six seconds. Sure, and sure. and I think there's like maybe three turns between them. Or something like that, three or four. Right. So, so I'm gonna say this whole sequence actually plays out in 18 to 24 seconds, real time. Pretty quick. Just using Pretty my quick. Just using my Dungeons and Dragons math. <laughs> he kills the shit out of that snake, and and does it by the way, just in time for jailbait galore to see him being a badass. <laughs> Like she shows up at just the right time for him to be like, yeah, well, you know, sometimes you just got to kill snakes. You know, it's just it's what I do. Sometimes uh, uh, it was it was me or the snake. So, uh, you know, only one of us going down. It wasn't going to be me. <laughs> you know? I, um, anyway, you're 18. Yeah, you're eight, Yeah, you're. You're good, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's we're cool. Yeah. Oh, Chris, <laughs> you, oh, you, Chris. Sl- you, 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 Lothario. <laughs> oh, you wacky young man! Um, he's just—he's so, just—he's just boys being boys, man. That's all. That's uh, all. You say that. <laughs> you say that, and it actually, I literally, uh, my skin crawled. That's—that's um, that's what I'm here for. That I believe is why you asked me to co-host this. Yeah, yeah, because I'm able to make your skin crawl. They—they <laughs> kind of like you know just admire the the dead snake for a while. Um, yeah, which. I, I, I'm such a geek. I'd be like, I would probably get killed by the reflex of a dead <laughs> zombie or a giant snake. Cause I'm such a geek. Like if I saw a dead zombie snake, I'd be like on my hands and knees, like my face right next to it. Just going, Oh my God, do you see this? I'm never going to see this again. And like one last little leap would happen and my head would be torn from my a, body. A death rattle. And it just like, goes- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it would be in and in the movie, it would be played for comic effect. That's how I would die. I wouldn't even have a solemn fucking death. I would die because I was the idiot who got too close to the snake, and my last words would be, "No, man, it's fine. He's not," and that would be it. So you know, what? and it's, it would be basically the moment in uh, Deep Blue Sea. Uh, yeah, with uh, yeah. with Sam Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's you know, and I and and I think it's important. And I and, and you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I got, I, I'm a humble man. I've lived my life. I, I know what I bring to the table. I recognize that in a horror movie, I would die in a comical fashion. Uh, possibly the only person to do it. Uh, uh, and and that's okay, man. I'm I can live with that. That's all you're right. you're totally Especially fine with to it. it. Yeah, man. Like, and come on, you know, if you're gonna, everyone's gonna kick the bucket. Who doesn't want to? you know, die and get to the afterlife and be like, yeah, giant snake. 
Pretty cool. Yeah, at this point, Chris and Rebecca find da 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 Barry. Barry returns and uh and he dances merrily around the subject of where the heck Wesker's got off to. And they don't seem as suspicious of him as Jill does. Yeah, they're not they're not that good at the at at really figuring people out. No, Re- Rebecca's a scientist and and Chris is hanging out with Rebecca, so <laughs> both of their minds are elsewhere. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. So, um there's yes. so I <laughs> I just wanted to point something out. And and it kind of like it's like it's like Barry has a real close but no potato moment <laughs> where he he thinks he hadn't seen a phone or radio anywhere in the house. If Wesker couldn't get to that laboratory, how would he be able to contact the people at White Umbrella and call off the killers? Now, Barry, oh, oh, so close. Now, Barry, Barry, you haven't seen a phone or a radio. And you're 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 thinking, well, how is he going to contact them to call them off? And I'm like, Barry, how did he contact them in the first place? Right. To tell them. How's he going to call? <laughs> how's he going to call them to get them killed, dude? <laughs> Come on, man. And it was like, oh, Barry, you're so you're so big and dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's known for his gun, man. Like, but I and it. Now, and this is my hunch. This is my my theory on why this and, and and you can answer this. I can't know for sure, but you can answer this. Barry's a family man. And uh sure and is. I am not. You, however, are. You have you have a family. Uh uh you got you got a kid, you know, and I have a theory that uh that burns a few brain cells out, uh, at least in the perception department. Yeah, no, I know. I'd say if having a kid were a, a TTRPG modifier, you know, it, it probably it probably knocks one off of your your perception. I'd say it would be like one per kid. Minus minus Maybe. one minus one perception. Uh, right. Yeah. Minus minus one wisdom per kid. It, I would say it's like plus five passive perception when the kid is around because you become sure. hyper vigilant to like dangers. Oh, yeah. For the kid, yeah, yeah. but everything else just kind of you're just down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I, I don't mean to to compare the two because I hate those people, but I did just get a kitten recently, a tiny little little bitty kitten. This is not the same. Stop sending that email. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but we got her because we have this other cat. He's just he's just over a year old and he just has. He just, he's just lonely. He's, he's, he, you know, we can't play with him as often as he wants to be played with. He's clearly just lonely. So we wanted to get him a friend and they, they got, they get along like a house on fire. They immediately were just playing with each other and having such a good time. And uh, the other day, me and my fiance were just hanging out and I had a signs moment where I just sat up in bed and Emily said, what, what's wrong? And I was like, I can't hear my children. <laughs> because i was just so certain i was like i can't hear them what have they destroyed what what happens next so yeah yeah i think that's the i don't think people play with the uh, the modifiers for uh having children uh in uh ttrpgs as much as they maybe should. Where's that source book? Yeah. Get no, that up I, on DMs Guild. I, I agree. It should be it should be a modifier. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, like, you know, like yeah, I think I think like negative one wisdom <laughs> yes. per kid 
but you gotta, but you gotta have a pretty low wisdom <laughs> to have kids in the first place. Am I right? Ooh. <laughs> I am a panic. Oh. <laughs> Oh God! He said, "I'm just too adorable, <laughs> too adorable for words." You're so lucky to have me. Kevin. I am so, so lucky, lucky to have you. You're you're so always lucky. right there with the sage <laughs> wisdom and airtight advice. Uh, oh yeah, just just mm, right there. So tight as a nun's fart. So uh, yeah, they all meet up. Yeah, there's a there's just a nice little line where something they were working on got loose, a virus. And then uh, Rebecca adds one that can apparently infect mammals and reptiles, uh, not just different species, different families. And then Barry thinks it certainly infected mine. <laughs> oh, Barry, honey, honey, <laughs> Barry, you're really thinking about yourself here. <laughs> I just I just like to I just like to imagine like during this scene, like she says that and his internal monologue says certainly affected mine. And he just gets this big cocky grin on his face and looks at everybody and they're just like, why are you smiling like that? He's like, oh, no, nothing. I just I, I said something. The camera, cool the camera zoom, zooms into Barry's face and we hear the internal <laughs> monologue and then he starts smiling. And as we pull out, we see Barry's hand. Barry's hand is up reflexively for a high five, but nobody understands why they have to give it to him. No one, no one knows what's happening. Chris gives it to him because it's his duty. Yeah, Chris. Uh, Chris. He just he recognized that. Chris can't. Chris. Uh, that's his character flaw. Is he can never yeah. leave someone hanging on a high five. No. Yeah. You cannot. There's, there's another modifier. Get that on there's the another modifier. By the end of this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're just going to have a TTRPG that we've we've kind of crafted. It's just going to be it's just going to be about the most anxious, strange people. Like there's no theme except for like all of these little ticks, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it, like we'll, we'll, we'll call it anxiety. The game, anxiety, the game. Everybody gets the same stats and then you throw modifiers on. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You got kids? There's a modifier for that. Done. Easy peasy. Uh, so um, Chris has a, a brief moment of clarity uh, for Barry. Um, Chris just stared at him for a moment, and Barry could see the questions forming in his bright gaze. Questions that Barry wouldn't be able to answer. Why split up at all? How about finding the missing captain? How could he be certain that the back door was an escape? And then Chris Oh, is, now he doesn't want to split up. And then Chris says, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Barry's really g giving Chris more credit than Chris deserves. Oh, oh, absolutely. Chris is just, there's nothing behind those eyes. He is just, Chris is golden retriever boy material all the way. Uh, he's just a sweetheart. He's he's got but he's yeah he's got that song playing. Um, I, I forget how it goes. Like do 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 It's just on loop. Gotta kill the zombies, and zombies are coming for us. Do 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 I wonder if I, I should flex or something. That'd be good. Oh, God. Probably work I, out. I love our version of Chris. He is the kind of guy that you want to marry your sister 
for so many reasons. Like all the good ones and all the wrong ones too. Just yeah. so you just like, oh, we are gonna tease the hell out of this guy. <laughs> he is gonna be and I know because my sister married a golden retriever. He is the coolest guy. He's a sweetheart. I've never seen him frown. Uh, he is the sweetest guy and, uh, and me and my brother love teasing him and he, he just takes it in the most gentle, good natured way. It, it stops being fun after a while, but man, is it good for a minute? It's pretty good. Yeah. They find, uh, Barry notices that now three of the, the things are in the thing, uh, three of the whatever's um whatever's you're doing the who's it's yeah the the crests and are yes, uh, are in the this so we got 75 percent of the crests action happening and then uh wesker basically shows up and this is so basically barry chris and rebecca they split up again because of course they do <laughs> right because you gotta because wesker because and, and now wesker shows up and he says to, to Barry, why don't you finish the puzzle, Mr. Burton? <laughs> it's like enough. It, and, and it's, it's a name that's said infrequently enough that you're like, who the hell is he talking to? Who's he? Is, <laughs> oh, Barry. Barry Burton. Oh, Barry. That's, Barry Burton. So right. They, right. Um, they, they, he puts the final piece in. Wesker can get in. And basically, Wesker, as any good villain does, he moves the goalposts because yeah. now, even though you're not off the hook, my is, friend. you're not off the hook, my friend, even though now Wes, you did the thing Wesker asked uh, you to do. He is now saying there's more for us to do. And that I, my heart just goes out for Barry. I mean, oh, yeah, poor, poor buddy. <laughs> Wesker is basically just that that like trainer at the gym. I'm a fat guy, so I'm going to reference the gym like once and that's it. Uh, but he it's like that trainer at the gym who's like, all right, give me give me one more sit up. One more, dude. One more. And you're like, OK, one more, one more. And then he's like, all right, just two more sit ups after that one. And you're like, fuck you. Like you told me you lied more. to me <laughs> at that point. I'd be like, kill my family. I don't even fuck you, man. <laughs> Subway's calling. Uh, sub. Yes. Subway. Subway on that one. <laughs> Subway. What's your Subway sandwich? Sweet onion chicken teriyaki with green peppers and spinach. Man, I, oh, wow. I popped that one out pretty quick. <laughs> you know, it, it feels. Yeah, no, I'm not going to lie. You said that. You said that a little too fast for comfort. As if you just out awful fast. As it just fell right off the tongue. It, it, did you have a sweet onion chicken teriyaki with uh, with what was it, peppers and spinach? Did you yeah. have did you have no, one today? No, but no, but I but I want one now. <laughs> I think that was what it was. I think my body is telling me like, hey, fatty, it's been a few months since we had Subway. Let's go get some of those white chocolate macadamia nut cookies you like so much. And like, uh, what what what's the chip that they normally have at Subway? Oh, I don't I don't, I don't get chips. Oh. I, I get I get uh, I get cookies ah. uh, because I'm still five years old deep down inside and cookies make me happy on a level that sun chips never could. Oh, sun chips. Those are what, what, yeah. Sun chips. Uh, they kind of put them front and center there. Don't they? Like they got the other stuff, but those ones, they, you can tell they really want. They're to really those. trying to move the sun chips. Yeah. Yeah. got to move the sun chips. Got to get them out. They've been, they've been there for years. Don't touch the sun chips. There's two months of dust <laughs> on the sun chips. Exactly. Two months 
And this is a exactly. this is a stars metric measurement of dust. Exactly. Two months worth on the sun sun chips. Push the sun. It's like chips. every day the manager goes to the employees. All right, everybody, let's have a good day. Push the sun chips. They're about to turn. And right. but that's every day. They're about to turn that's every, every day. day. The moment a sun chip is made, it immediately is ready. It's to in turn. the process of of going stale. Right. Right, because that's because that's one of the features of sun chips that they are pretty stale. That's that's what you like. Chip. What I like after I've had a jog is a bag full of stale chips. <laughs> really keeps me motivated. Stale chips that just they don't they it, they taste almost like something, and you're not you're not yeah. sure what it yeah. is they're going for. <laughs> the 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 tea of uh, chips. Yeah, it's just like a, a vague sense of flavor. Yeah, but uh, not much else. Chapter 13 starts out with a fucking letter written by Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Martin Crackhorn. Good Lord. You, oh, boy. I mean, you, you're you got you're dying and you got zombies at the door and you're sitting there writing. Oh, God, my dearest Alma. Uh, no, <laughs> my lost Lenore. <laughs> um, He's just oh, there. Despite uh, what I thought, there is no nevermores in in the None. in the letter but yeah so like there's like it does read like a a, a letter home from a civil war it's, soldier it's a letter or it's a letter it? from the front um it's right it's you know this is written by a virginian right <laughs> fighting for our freedom against tyranny tyranny, tyranny. And that, that oppressor abraham lincoln <laughs> our lunches consist of hard tack and sun chips Please know that I'm thinking of you daily. <laughs> Poor Crackhorn. He even has he even has a Civil War name. Martin Crackhorn. Martin Crackhorn. Corporal of Crackhorn. the of 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 Vir- the the Second Virginia Regiment of the the Army of of Northern Virginia. Martin Crackhorn <laughs> was killed uh, in action at the Battle of the Wilderness. He is survived by his half acre of tobacco. <laughs> he has donated every yes he leaves everything to the tobacco plants right <laughs> oh god um yeah so yeah jill reads a letter from this scientist she takes uh, the time her. to read this this letter i mean here's the thing i understand because it's like and we also got the itchy tasty journal entries um, the second, oh, yeah. the second time the letter thing happens though, I'm like, you all are really just kind of hanging out and reading shit, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, a little less excited at that point. It becomes kind of like the, um, did you ever play South Park six stick of truth? No, I haven't. It's actually, I, I have my problems with South Park, but it, it's actually a very funny game and, uh, they, they really do lampoon video games well. And one of the things is that you're on an alien spaceship at a certain point and you find tape recorders all over the place and you can listen to them. And it's basically making fun of Bioshock because I think Bioshock was the one that was really well known for that at the time. Right. And uh, just like the person becomes increasingly incredulous at how much time he has to record all of his thoughts while everything's going to hell. Right. Uh, So, yeah, by the time you get to a second letter, you're like, "Eh, okay, at least this is just one. He had stationery to write on in the room that he happened yeah. to be dying in. There was stationery. Thank God. He, he, otherwise, he'd have to write his 
final letter to his girlfriend on the back of a receipt or something <laughs> you like know, a schmuck. It's like it's like the the final letter, Martin Crackhorn's final will and testament is written on a stationery that says dumb things I gotta do today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> Mondays, am I right, my dearest Alma? <laughs> it's, it's Garfield stationery. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I was gonna say Dilbert, but yeah. <laughs> It's like at the bottom, at the top, it's Garfield in like eating a tray yeah. of lasagna. And at the bottom, it's it's like Odie, like just bounding happily across the bottom of the yeah. paper. And he shoots himself in the head and I don't like Monday starts playing over the speakers. <laughs> uh, Jill notices that it's warmer in the house because there's yeah. somebody somebody left a door open. <laughs> Yeah, she 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 senses a shift. That is a total parenting move, by the way. Is being like, being like, did somebody leave a window open? In like, oh, that's funny. Across the house, be like, the air is wrong. Somebody left a window open. <laughs> that is, is that where your th- your dad thermostat powers come. That from? That is where the dad thermostat powers come from. <laughs> I knew it. I knew dads had a heads up display. It's like there, Terminator. It is a heads, a heads up display of what the current temp- temperature situation in the house is. I knew it. I always suspected. Dew point. Really did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gets gets down to dew point. Yeah. Eagle scores stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, Jill realizes the door is open and she starts looking. She is uh, she goes she goes outside and she she finds herself in this courtyard. Yeah, Uh, it's got like a 20 foot drop and a waterfall. And she swears she sees some figure ducking behind the waterfall and uh, and 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 finds she finds an elevator shaft that she can make her way down. Uh, she's basically she's going after the figure because uh, she figures that that couldn't have been a stars member or anything like that. And she would be wrong. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and not for the first or last time. Not for the first or last time. So she does a little squiggle thing down where she I guess she puts her back the way it's described is, is she like puts her back against the shaft one end of the, the shaft and kind of like. Yeah. scooches down with her feet. Yeah, she shimmies her way down. Shimmying her way down. Um, sure. So Jill is in one area of the mansion, like the after mansion like level, um, which are these tunnels. They're going to give Chris and Rebecca a whole different area to... In the game, you end up in both, no matter what. But I, right. I think it's an actually a nice touch that they're like, all right, we're going to do this. Split it up. Jill gets this area. Chris gets this area. When you're playing both characters in the game, at that point, you're very much looking to you're gamifying the whole thing. It's you're not the second time around. You're not into the story quite as much as as you're trying to see what stuff you missed. And with a book. Yeah, I agree. I think this was a good call. Exactly. Even though I think overall this this book should have been a choose your own adventure novel. I'm still I still wish that was a thing. Chris, they had been waiting. They had been given Barry the full 15 minutes and then they they go back and they see that the door is open. Somehow missing Jill. I guess Jill is came in seven minutes earlier. I don't know. I feel like that's that's a thing that's happened a couple of times. It's like, yeah, someone's like five to ten minutes ahead of someone else. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. You, you just got to assume that there is some time lag, even though for the most yeah. part. The book is written as if everything is is mostly like real time as you're reading it. Um, right. 
Right. Uh, there's, we get a little backstory for Chris. We we flash back to Chris's first mission, uh, and uh, he gets back he, when he was jailbait Magoo. When he yes, exactly, and he he had his his first captain, a tough as nails, short, extremely short woman named Kaler, which it is it is way too like Kaler. That is a that is a now name, 1998 or 1990s yeah. for Kaler. That's I don't Kaler. know. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's the, you can just see your hipster friend naming their newborn Kaler. Yeah. So he gets the best piece, single piece, of, best piece of advice he's ever received. Son, she said, no matter what happens when the shooting starts, try not to wet your pants. I guess that's good advice. Uh, that's good advice for a lot of times. I mean, I, that's I, pretty you know. general advice. I don't know how that's the best advice. Oh, yeah. For God's sakes. I don't. There's not really a great opportunity to wet your pants unless that's like your kink or something. <laughs> Which no judgment. Do your thing. Mm. Uh, but I don't think there are a lot of opportunities where it's like, just go, man. This is the time. If there's any. Well, I guess it would. Yeah. If you're in the lake and you want to pee on a fish. indirectly, <laughs> That's going to be. That's going to be what starts the episode. Well, I know. <laughs> well, I know what I know what I'm doing tomorrow at this point. As soon as I'm off work, I'm going to Subway and I'm going to go pee on a fish. <laughs> I'm going to make I'm going to make one as as straight line to the other as I possibly that can. That sweet onion chicken teriyaki and transition mm-hmm. right into. Yeah, I'll probably be eating it while I pee right into fish pee. Um, they find fish pee. <laughs> They find some dead dogs. We get a lot of weird, we get a lot of description as to what is happening, like how they're kind of traveling about. And I kind of got lost in my mind's eye as to where they are at this point. Um, Because we're like, and I know that there are multiple paths. Like I remember from the game, obviously there's multiple paths that they can go. Right. But Mm -hmm. in the descriptions here, I'm like, I I got lost mentally because I'm like, how are they just not where Jill went? (laughs) Right. It did not seem like there was that many opportunities to to deviate. (laughs) Right. It didn't seem that way. Anyhow, I I, I don't know. Um, It was I I think I've made it clear that I've kind of lost track of where everyone is. And I'm just kind of like just trusting the author at this point. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm here, man. Let's just do this. So Uh, um, snakes. Yeah, snakes fall from the sky. Which which you know what? I thought we were done with snakes. Nice twist. We aren't that. What a twist. What a twist. Yeah, we're going to we're going to have we're going to have but we're going to have it's a quantity over quality thing instead of one gigantic snake. We've got a. Uh, just a just a just a butt ton of, uh, of regular uh, old snakes. regular old regular snakes. old and Garden we actually variety. we don't even we don't even get a good description as to the snakes themselves. I mean, they could just be garter snakes. Um, yeah, they they yeah they don't they, I don't I don't think we get like any rattles or anything like that. They, they're, just snakes. they're just snakes, and that's gonna have to do. <laughs> they're more no, there. That's for... gonna have to do. It's kind of like it's like spiders. You know, they never they never specify what kind of spider you're dealing with in a scary movie or a book or something like that, generally speaking. So, uh, right. But they, but they know you don't like spiders. They know you don't like them. Nobody likes spiders. So that's going to have to do. Well, you like spiders. I know you like spiders. I do. I, I really actually really do like spiders. The thing about so. Phil is he loves, he loves the, the, the creepy crawlies. I love invertebrates. They are my friends. Uh, the, within a week of my, uh, now fiance and I dating, uh, it was, we'd been together for maybe a week at this point. We were sitting out on the front porch and this great lit, big 
fuzzy moth uh, flew up to the light and I just hopped out of my chair and ran right up to it so I could get a closer look at it. Uh, I think it was like a tulip silk moth or something like that. And uh, it was a nice big one. And I and I finally convinced it to land on my hand. And my girlfriend found out that I'm basically the grossest Disney princess in the world. Ah, that's- so, yeah, I, I like them. I like creepy crawlies. They're, they're, I yeah, like them. I, but, I, but, but I will say this. I'm a horror guy, so I am not above using these little guys that I love so much uh, to uh, scare the shit out of uh, out of other people. I'm not one of those people who are like, no, they're fine. They're such a they get such a bad rap. Like you, you hear that a lot with people who like sharks nowadays. Right. Like they're like sharks or Jaws is, is responsible for killing so many sharks, and that is true. And I and I sympathize, but uh, I am not that way with bugs. I'm like, oh yeah, man, they'll yeah, they're scary as hell, aren't they? Isn't that cool? Like, <laughs> isn't it cool that they're terrifying and terrible right. and they'll kill you? They will eat. Don't your... you enjoy that cold sweat? Isn't that neat? Isn't that the 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 goosebumps on the back of your neck? It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Wonder what it's like to be in one of those cocoons, man. Pretty pretty <laughs> probably sucks. Probably, probably sucks. sucks, right? Getting yeah, all dude. spun up by uh, getting all spun up by a spider web into a <laughs> by Charlotte over there by Charlotte over there. Probably probably sucks. And this is where you would insert the GIF uh, from Community of the. Of the principal saying, I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, no. I hope a a sexy spider doesn't come along and spin its web all the way around my hands. They get into uh, they get into uh, another building. They hear uh, Brad. Uh, chicken heart yes he has finally made his return you know, and he's circling around yeah presumably while stomping the hell out of some snakes by the way like they're just they don't say it but i could i felt like that was a given like they're running yeah i mean chris, you know, and, chris and just hates snakes at this point so oh yeah they, they these two both have serious uh herpophobia going on like there's no way around that is that the word i think so isn't um isn't um herpology or whatever it is that's like the study of snakes or maybe it's reptiles i don't know don't you know what guys if if if, if you know uh don't don't bother letting me know because i just i i'm I much prefer not knowing uh Her, overexposed to the internet as it is herpetophobia is a fear of reptiles herpetophobia okay okay reptiles then okay fine well you know that makes sense you know if you got attacked by a giant snake and then a waterfall of little snakes fell on you. I don't think you'd be very welcoming of a lizard. No, no, I don't. I don't think anything in the uh, in the genus uh, <laughs> would uh, the 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 family either would the family would would uh, would be on your Christmas list, your Chris your no. your Christmas card list. Not that year, anyway. So we're in chapter fourteen now, and Jill. Yes. Jill is, uh, she's in some tunnels. Yeah. She's trying to get to this door on the opposite side of the tunnel. So yeah, within the first, on the first page of chapter 14, uh, she's frustrated. She's like dripping wet, you know, and cold. It's damp. It's wet. And she, uh, and, and she's, and she thinks to herself, great secret passage to use it. You have to catch pneumonia. And I immediately thought there's some indie role playing game out there that that will do that as a mechanic. (laughs) I guarantee you like to get to the next stage. Yeah. You literally have to catch the flu somehow. Yeah. Like that kind of moon logic shit. I know that's out there. That that is amazing. I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I play that game. She's investigating the these tunnels. Uh, She sees a 
uh, a small six a small iron plate set into a stone a six-sided hole about the size of a quarter jill uh jill never actually gets the thing um yeah she, she it has nothing to do with her it has nothing to do with her in the end anyway. i think i think barry yeah. wesker uses it or something and barry one C- of the two yeah it, one, i think it might be wesker it happens it. really briefly and in passing but there is a whole separate thing where you have to find this thing uh right in the game right she continues to walk through the path it's it's an awkward path it's it's dark. She could hear the sound of the waterfall. And then she runs into Barry. Barry. Barry returns. Barry returns. And, and he's super paranoid that he can hear voices at this point. You think, you know, he's he thinks he heard some little voices or something. And and, and that just kind of deepens her feeling that something fishy's going on here. Yeah. She, and, and eventually, after 19 more times of running into him being being fishy, she's going to address it. She is going to figure it out. But first, they finally run into another, basically the last uh, extant member of the Stars Bravo team. Enrico. Enrico Marini. What a name. What a name. Uh, something what about a name. That is a good that name. That is a good, good name. It is a full name. I wish Enrico had more than like three pages of existence in the book. Dude, with that kind of you name. You can tell he's strapping. <laughs> like it's just it's just a butch dude's name. I'm Enrico Moridi. Like, <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. Can you teach me how to get a girl? Like that sounds great. So they find uh, Enrico. He is Yeah, I mean, he's hurting. He's already hurt, but he's 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 fine-ish. He's just like not in good shape. They're talking about they're going back and forth. And he mentions that Umbrella knew all along. They talks about how Enrico got in. He it, clearly he came in the back way. Like he mm-hmm. he he just he just says the most obvious thing. He's like, he didn't solve all the puzzles. Yeah. He he. Yeah, just I just showed up. He, like, he, OK, cool. You know what? Fine. He he, he climbed a fence and everybody else yeah. is like, oh, shit, climbing fences. Climbed. Climbed a fence. If only they taught us that in, in star <laughs> training. <laughs> when in doubt, climb a fence. Um, so Enrico climbs a fence and he is well ahead of everybody. He's he's in the tunnels at the end of the game. Jesus Christ, Enrico. Way he's, to show everybody. He's up. speed running this thing. <laughs> he's speed running it. Enrico, yeah, Enrico is doing the any percent fence skip um, speed right. run of Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> yeah. He's doing it to raise charity for Toys for Tots, he's, you know, he's, money. And, uh, and up next on Games Done Quick, quick uh, right. world record <laughs> holder, Enrico Marini. <laughs> oh, Enrico. Enrico. R.I.P., buddy. Great, um, so Enrico oh. was already in bad shape. Uh, he, The last thing he says to Jill before he gets unceremoniously offed was, oh, yeah. was there's a traitor in the stars. And then he yep. gets shot. There's a setup. He gets shot twice in the chest and he is dead and thus ends. Thus his watch has ended. Uh, RIP <laughs> my favorite character Enrico Marini. <laughs> you know, I, I speaking of that reference, I actually no joke. I imagined um, that actor. Uh, he was in game of Thrones. He's in Narcos. The, uh, I think he's a Hispanic gentleman. I imagined him as Enrico. Um, there you go. Good looking cat. There you go. That's oh, are you yeah, talking about yeah. um uh He's the one who got his head squashed like a tomato. Oh yeah, you're talking about the Mandalorian. 
Yeah. Oh, Christ. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I actually have that. You know what? They're going to take my geek card away. I have not watched The Mandalorian. Yet. <laughs> yeah, he's it's good. I like it. Um, but he's okay. uh, yeah, that is Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Thank you. OK, yeah, I imagined him. Uh, and and so you can imagine my disappointment when he gets executed, uh, like a paragraph in. So <laughs> he would and uh, he, Barry chases after whoever did the shooting. Of course, Barry knows who did the shooting, but um, of course he does. Of course he does. Barry runs off chasing after the shooter. Uh, Jill has a few moments to herself where she thinks, so who did this? Who was Trent talking about? And who did Enrico see? Um, feeling lost and alone, Jill held his cooling hand and waited for Barry to come back. Which is maybe the most sensible thing anyone's done in this book so far. Like, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to wait gonna, for a minute. I'm going to wait right here. And Theoretically, he'll be back. <laughs> he knows that I'm here. We, we, I'd probably be better to have him there. Exactly. Rebecca, mean, meanwhile, over in this meanwhile, other... back at the ranch. And in <laughs> this other building... Uh, Rebecca is yeah. going through an old trunk filled with stacks of papers. They 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 find our latest uh, uh, puzzle piece. They find a, uh, they find they, a key. The leather tag had had the word alias burned onto one side. The number three four five written on the back in smudged ballpoint pen. Uh, so clearly we've got a combination of some kind. Worst combination ever. Probably take you about ten minutes to crack that one just by going. Zero zero one zero zero two, and eventually you get three four five. Exactly done. So they they figure out the password. It's three four five. Unbreakable. Un- uncrackable. That is an unbreakable password. Um, mm-hmm. And they start finding out something about uh, something called Plant Forty Two, and that they are in Point Forty Two. So they kind of make it. Uh, they kind of make the connection. Point Forty Two and Plant Forty Two are in the same place. And they are going to have to deal with the plan. And I, and I love this, by the way, because at no point uh, they read these notes, finding out about the plant. And at no point are the notes subtle. They basically just straight up are like, yeah, this is a man eating plant. So <laughs> that's what's next. Just so you know, that's what you're going to have to deal with coming up. Right. Right. And I and I, I won't lie. I was like, cool. I'm in. Sounds Frankie great. foreshadowing Ready. has just been leaving notes all over the place. Pretty much. Pretty much. Subtle scene change back to, to Mr. Wesker. Who does his, his usual thing. He's, of, he's uh, twirling his mustache. Yeah, yeah. He he confronts Barry, twirls his mustache, moves the goalposts, threatens his family again, and then goes, here's a basement map. <laughs> and it's, yeah, the, Good luck. you have received basement map. Um, a, right. A pops right. up onto the screen. Um, so, so so Barry is is upset about uh, him killing Enrico, which is justified, I think. Uh, Wesker basically treats uh, Barry like a dog. At one point, he thinks, "Good boy." Going back to the golden retriever discussion we're having, it, Chris is a golden retriever I've... to Barry, and Barry is a golden retriever to Wesker. That's pretty much right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> how they're? I think that stands up. Yeah. I think that's pretty much how they're aligned. Um, right. I think that makes sense. We come in for a landing. Barry is back in thrall of Wesker, even though Wesker killed Enrico. And uh, we get a lot of foreshadowing with the about the 121s, the hunters. Yes. Yes. He muses on these these killing machines. Now, if I recall correctly, in the game, the hunters would have actually have been seen already. That might have been the remake. I'm I'm not sure, though. But yes, 
they do they do talk about the he does talk about the hunters quite a bit um and he's actually mentioned them in previous chapters as well um but he's he's yeah, really he's, been, he's really before. been building up um these hunters oh yeah yeah so they they got to they got to they really got to do a number here and with that we reach chapter 15 and we are in the we're in the we're we're coming in for a landing with this book and uh yeah we're definitely in the home stretch we're in the end game now as yes, sir as uh dr strange would say i'm certain that <laughs> he would definitely have said that. He, he definitely would say that and somebody he definitely would somebody say in that. the theater yeah. is at at this point pointing at the screen saying that's the name of the movie right so that'll that'll do it for 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 this episode come join us for the next episode of pixel it where we finally put to rest the resident evil book one the umbrella conspiracy conspiracy right the umbrella cookbook nailed it <laughs>